Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, true Christians, we learn, we see when we look at the Ten Commandments, true Christians are grieved by their sins and dissatisfied with life apart from the fullness of God's kingdom. And as a result, Christians are restless as they seek to be set free from sin completely, as they strive for the goal of perfection that they were created to enjoy. And prayer is a fruit of our restless desire to receive all that God has promised so that we may glorify him in our mission, in our mandate here on the earth. After receiving this mission, this mandate from the Lord, we return to him to receive both the supplies that he has prepared for us in order that we might fulfill our tasks, as well as many other extra things that we may find useful for our task. We can think to a comparison here, we can imagine or think about a recruit in the army He shows up at the distributing counter on the first day to receive his or her rifle or task-specific supplies and uniform with their name on it. It was a package that was all made ready for them ahead of time, and the recruit shows that he or she believes and is thankful for the offer by coming to the counter, by knocking, and by asking. A person shows that he or she wants to walk in God's army, the Tenth Commandment, when they ask him for the supplies that they need to fulfill their mission. And the Holy Spirit leads us in his word and tells us not to be anxious about anything. But as we saw as we walked in, it was displayed on the wall here, the the screen, But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. The acts of praying, asking, and seeking reveal our thankful faith that magnifies the name of the Lord. I preach to you under this theme, the Spirit leads us to express our thankfulness in prayer, in our prayers. And we are thankful that God hears our prayers and we're thankful that God gives us his grace. Prayer shows that we believe and have faith in God. That's Hebrews 11, verse 6, the first part. And without faith it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists. The word must indicates that those who do not believe that God exists do not actually come into his presence when they mouth the words of prayer. Faith in the existence of God is a condition of effective prayer. And when the writer to the Hebrews is speaking about God, he is not talking about just any higher divine being that we may imagine might exist but he is speaking about the one true God who has revealed himself in his word. People 
who believe the God of the Bible can know that their prayers will be heard. They will also be eager to pray exactly because they're reading the Bible and seeing what the Lord is like, who the Lord is. They will know that the, the Lord that we pray to is sovereign. He is omnipotent, all-powerful, omniscient, all-knowing. He is simple, not a compound combination of various factors. He is holy. He is gracious. He is a covenant Lord who has promised to walk with us and to be our God. Our God. And as we read that in the Word of God, as we see who our God is, it leads us to bow before him in worship. The God that we approach in our prayers has sent his son into the world to pay for all our sins on a cross and to open up the way into God's eternal presence, his eternal blessedness. And these spiritual truths that are revealed to us by the Holy Spirit that are believed on by faith are the basis of every word that we utter in our prayers. They're the, the starting point. And they stand before us like a declaration to that recruit we were thinking about earlier that he has been accepted into the army. The Holy Spirit is the guarantee in our hearts that we have crossed over from death into life and that we have full rights to take hold of all that our advocate Jesus Christ has already obtained for us by his death. And our thankfulness for this guarantee is expressed in our definitive action, our deliberate action or decision to take hold of all that is ours through prayer. That's what our Lord Jesus is talking about in Matthew 7, verses 7 to 8. He commands us to take hold of the riches that we have, and he compared it to a person seeking something. And then he orders us to ask, to seek, and to knock. Like a recruit in the army, a praying person has been told by the commander to go to ask the giver of every good gift, like we read in James chapter 1, verse 17, to go to him and ask him for everything that we need to complete our mission. That means the seeking person doesn't have what he or she is looking for in their hand yet, but it is something that is belonging that belongs to them. It has their, their name tag on it. It's prepared for them. And they're commanded to ask because by asking it shows that we are ready to receive it, that we truly believe that God exists, that we truly want to be in this relationship with the Lord. As we saw this morning, this morning we, we looked at Psalm 69. It happens a lot that we are on the earth and it's, it's difficult for us. And we cannot see very many good things. And so it is only the, the word of God 
and this command that drives us to discipline ourselves, to learn, to trust in God, to, to ask him. And then we see he won't give us what we need if we don't ask him for these things because his blessings are reserved for those who are humble, those who embrace their dependence on the Lord. Prayer doesn't change God because he is already holding out what we need to us, but prayer changes the heart of the person who is praying. Prayer reveals the reality of our hearts, our minds, what we think about who the Lord is. It reveals the sincerity of our softened, committed hearts. And the Lord is pleased to use the words of Hebrews 11 that after carefully studying his word and studying his promises, we trust him enough to ask him for his grace. And that's the foundation of prayer, isn't it? Our faith and our trust in God's word. And it has to be based on faith and trust because many times it may seem like God has not heard our prayers. You see, when we close our Bibles, we often forget what God has promised to give to us. And then we end up being disappointed when we don't re receive what we wanted. But should soldiers be surprised if they go to the army supply store to prepare themselves for battle and then do not receive the children's toys that they were looking for? You see, the Word of God makes it clear what, we, what has been prepared for us, what God has, has prepared for us, what he has promised to us. And we ask according to what he has promised. The Word of God makes it clear that prayer isn't a human tool that functions like a, a magical wand that manipulates God into creating whatever we want out of nothing. A lot of people treat prayer like that. But that's because when we close our Bibles, we get the wrong picture of ourselves. We get the wrong picture of all that God has planned for us. And sometimes we even get sad with the richer blessings that God provides for us according to our need. Like a soldier going into the army supply store and asking for a new left boot. And then receiving and then getting sad because in the end he gets a whole new wardrobe and, and all the latest equipment to help him in his battle. He might be disappointed for not getting what he's wanted, but his heart also shows that he was giving God a list rather than becoming a part of God's mission. And that's how it is when our Bibles are opened, when our Bibles are open, when we pray with our Bibles open and we, we're studying who the Lord is and, and how he is working 
We can see that God knows exactly what we need for our mission. He has the big picture, and he has already obtained everything that we need in Jesus Christ. And he knows that everybody has different needs, just as the needs of a new recruit will differ from the needs of a battle-weary soldier. Also in the church, there are so many different hardships, so many different temptations, so many different ways of suffering, so many dangers and perils on the way. And yet, we all can come to the same Lord and through prayer, which is like a ladder that connects us to God's gifts for us, we can come before him. And so we see that prayer isn't a way of sharing our project plans with God and then giving him a, a, a list of all the things that, that we need for our projects. Things that God needs to provide to us so that we can have what we want. But prayer is immersing ourselves in God's mission and asking him for the kit of clothes and supplies that he has promised to give to us and has already set aside for us. If the sign above the door that we have been directed to says army supplies, then that is what we will expect to receive when we knock on the door and ask. Well, the visible signs in the kingdom of God are baptism and Lord's Supper, the signs of the promises. And the signs point to the promises of the forgiveness of our sins in Jesus Christ. They point to the promise of an everlasting covenant and a relationship of peace with God and our neighbor in Christ Jesus. And so when we come into this kingdom and we see those signs, this is what we expect to receive. And we pray thankful that God gives us his grace. And you may have noticed that the second point of the sermon coincides with the second part of the statements that we read in Matthew 7 and Hebrews 11, verse 6. We thank God both with our praise, that means we believe that God exists, and with our petitions that reveal that we believe that God gives us his grace. Hebrews 11, verse 6b says that God hears the prayers of those who believe that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. The word reward in this verse indicates that God gives us what, we, what he has promised us when we earnestly seek him for these things. And so you come to him with your Bible in your hand and you point to the promises that he has made and he rewards your research and your certainty by giving it to you. The Lord mentions the same thing in Matthew 11. 
You ask for the things that God has commanded you to ask for. That's how we say it in the confession. And it will be given to you. You go out looking for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and it will be given to you. You knock on the closed door of the things promised that you cannot see, and the Lord will open the door so that you can see it with the eye of faith and perhaps even receive it in this life already. And so led by the Holy Spirit through confession and repentance, you can ask for the forgiveness of your sins in Jesus Christ, all of your sins forgiven, and you will be forgiven in the name of Christ Jesus. You ask him for his spirit to lead you in obedience to the Ten Commandments. And his spirit will guide you through his word in a renewed life. You ask for evidence of the fruit of the spirit in your life. And you will see love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Our Lord Jesus says, for everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. And since prayer is a necessary step to opening the floodgates of heaven and receiving God's blessing, it is sometimes referred to as a means of grace. Although it is different from preaching and sacraments, which God uses to apply and to convey his grace from heaven down to earth here on our, in our lives, prayer is a necessary step for those who receive God's grace and who receive his spirit. If we are not seeking, we will not find. If we don't ask, we will not receive. If we do not knock on the door, it will not be open. We can see how important prayer is to receive God's grace. And we praise the Lord that he works the desire in our hearts to open our arms and to seek him and to receive his grace and his Holy Spirit. That's what we confess. God will give his grace and the Holy Spirit to those who constantly and with heartfelt longing ask him for these gifts and thank him for them. Receiving the Holy Spirit means to have God himself dwell within our hearts to guide us in this life and to guarantee our eternal inheritance. Receiving grace doesn't mean that God takes a bunch of grace and puts it into our heart as if it was something tangible or concrete that we can touch. But receiving God's grace means that God calls us his children in spite of our sins because he saves us and he washed us clean in the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. When that truth takes root in your heart, 
When you realize what that means for you, when the grace begins to, to flow out of you, the joy is immense. We have forgiveness of our sins in Jesus Christ. We have an eternal inheritance in the kingdom of God. We have assurance. We have comfort even in our weaknesses and even in our brokenness. We can ask and we will receive. And in fact, it's important to understand that God's grace, spirit, that love toward us is the only thing we truly need in this life of sorrows. And everything that we ask for and receive beyond this is really a bonus that makes our life more effective and helps us to be more effective in fulfilling our task. God's grace is more fundamental than all the comforts of the world. And so it is possible to be wrapped tightly in the comfort of God's grace toward us as children and at the same time to experience suffering in our lives here in the fallen world. We saw that this morning when we looked at Psalm 69. God's grace to us makes it possible to give thanks in all circumstances. And when the Holy Spirit shows us that our prayer is thankfulness, that's a prayer that starts with what we have and not with what we are lacking. If prayer is thankfulness, that helps us to place our petitions into the context of the work that God is doing, which is far greater and far more encompassing than our own projects and our own expectations and most of the specific material gifts, health, wishes, or historical outcomes that we may be looking for. Thankful for the grace of God that we have in Christ Jesus, we can immerse ourselves in the mandate that he has given to us Trusting that what he has called us to is what is good. And then seeking to live a life worthy of the calling we've received. And so if you think about that in a practical term, in practical terms, it's, it's very helpful to place our prayers and our petitions in the context of this mandate, in the context of God's mission, God's plan. So we pray thinking about being a part of God's will. And that helps us to understand why we are asking for different things. We've come accustomed to ask for many different things. It's good to ask yourself, well, why am I asking for this or another thing? You see, God, although God has not promised that we would never be in a vehicle collision. He has not promised that we would never get a disease or that we would never be persecuted or that every member of the church would always remain faithful to him. 
He has promised that he will equip us with his grace and his spirit so that we can fulfill our mission. Paul prayed that the thorn in his side might be removed because he wanted to be able to do God's work in God's kingdom without hindrance. We pray for safety on the roads because we want to continue to serve our congregation and our families. We ask the Lord to keep us healthy so that we have strength to glorify him. We even repeat our prayers with persistence and boldness like Paul asking God, please take that thorn from my side but we always pray out of the sufficiency of grace that we can already experience. We pray from a place where we are safe and protected and in God's hands. We pray out of thankfulness. We pray out of the promises that God has given and he never promised that we would never have to suffer. In fact, he promised that we would have to suffer. And praying will not take us out of this fallen world we live in. Humble prayer is immersed in God's plan so much that we submissively receive whatever God may send our way, even if it is different than what we would have liked. Prayer is thanksgiving that starts with what we have, that hopes in what God has promised, and that counts on God, trusts in God, to equip us to face the challenges of this life whatever, in whatever way he may seem f see fit. And as we pray, we learn to commit all things into the hands of God. And then Philippians tells us that in this way we'll come to that place where we have the peace of God which surpasses all understanding that guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. While he was still on the earth our Lord Jesus taught us what has become known as the Lord's Prayer. And in this prayer he teaches us how to knock on the door, how to ask the Lord for what we need and exactly what we should be seeking on the other side of the door. And the Holy Spirit uses this prayer like a divine list to make known to us all that we have in Christ and can expect to receive from God. It is a map to direct our hearts to the full expression of thankfulness that we can ask and it will be given to us. Seek and we will find. Knock and it will be opened. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And, the one, uh, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. Amen.